Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Hello, everybody. This is Terry from Texas, and welcome back to Terry's Mysterious Moments. Again, this is Season 7. This is Episode 2. I realize that Episode 1 wasn't very long or very much information, but it's what I could do at the time. So... I want to move into a subject that I don't like, but sometimes it has to be mentioned. What causes people to want to and actually do murder other people? Is there that much hate in them? Are they that fearful of the other person? What is it that causes causes murder? What was it? Was it really jealousy that caused Cain to kill his brother Abel way back in the Bible times? Was he that jealous that God liked Abel's offerings better than his? Or was that the case? What is it that has caused centuries of Cain's to kill centuries of Abel's? And what is it that causes people to kill famous people? Who knows? From the old radio program, The Shadow, Lamont Cranston always used to say, Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. Maybe that's it. Maybe the shadows of this world know what causes murder and killing. Well, I wanted to look at some stars who were murdered. Movie stars, TV stars singing stars Bob Crane Colonel Hogan on Hogan's Heroes June 29th of 1978 was beaten to death Marvin Gaye April 1st of 1984 was shot by his father Phil Hartman May 28th of 1998 was shot by his wife, who then killed herself. Gianni Versace, for whatever reason, on July 15th, 1997, was shot by a man named Andrew Cunanan. Could he just have wanted notoriety? What did he really have against Gianni Versace? 
Thelma Todd, actress from way back, died December 16th of 1935. The officials ruled it a suicide, but she had injuries on her body that say she was roughed up some. So suicide apparently was a catch-all. If they didn't want to investigate it, or they didn't want to go too deep into investigating it, they called it a suicide. The saddest on this list is Sharon Tate and her baby, her unborn baby. August 9th of 1969, a victim of the infamous Manson family. What causes people to kill other people? You have, you have some people that say, if I can't have you, nobody can. Which, which is kind of stupid because they won't have them either. Robert Edward Crane, born July 13, 1928, died June 29, 1978. He was an American actor. He was a drummer. He was a radio personality and a disc jockey, and he was most well-known for starring in the CBS situation comedy Hogan's Heroes. Crane was a drummer from age 11, and he began his entertainment career as a radio personality, beginning in Hornell, New York, and later in Connecticut. He then moved to Los Angeles, where he hosted the number one rated morning show. In the early 1960s, Crane moved into acting, eventually landing the leading role of Colonel Robert Hogan in Hogan's Heroes. The series aired from 1965 to 1971, and Crane received two Emmy Award nominations. I've always found it interesting when a war show lasts longer than the actual war. Crane's career declined after Hogan's Heroes, though, and he became frustrated with the few roles he was being offered and began performing dinner theater. You know what dinner theater is. You, you go to a restaurant and you sit down and have your meal, and then there's a play performed afterwards, usually uh, somewhat abbreviated from an original play, but... Uh, I was allowed to go see a, a movie, not a movie, I was allowed to go see a play at a dinner theater in Austin, Texas when I was in high school because I was in the one-act play. And the director wanted us to see a, a live play, see how it's done, see how it's staged, and just get the feel of it. Well, anyway... These dinner theaters, uh, he performed in quite a, quite a few of, and in 1975, he came back to television in the NBC program, The Bob Crane Show. But it didn't receive good ratings and it was canceled after 13 weeks. After that, Crane returned to performing in dinner theater and also appeared in occasional guest spots on television. 
He was found bludgeoned to death in his Scottsdale, Arizona apartment while on tour in June of 1978 for a dinner theater production of Beginner's Luck. Although Crane's friend, John Henry Carpenter, not, not the movie director, John Henry Carpenter was tried and acquitted of the murder, the case remains officially unsolved. Crane's previous uncontroversial public image suffered due to the suspicious nature of his death and posthumous revelations about his personal life. There were allegations that Crane was involved in making what formerly were politely called blue movies, apparently of a private and personal sort. There were also questions about whether Carpenter was involved in the production of these movies. Examination of the case has continued throughout the years, but no final judgment has come about. We all know Marvin Gaye, or know of him, and we hear it through the grapevine that his father shot him. Marvin Pence Gay Jr., who also spelled his surname as G-A-Y, April 2nd, 1939 to April 1st, 1984, was an American singer and songwriter. He helped shape the sound of Motown in the 60s, first as an in-house session player and later as a solo artist with a string of successes, earning him the nicknames Prince of Motown and Prince of Soul. Gay's Motown songs include Ain't That Peculiar, How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You, and I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Gay also recorded duets with Mary Wells, Kim Weston, Tammy Terrell, and Diana Ross. During the 1970s, Gay recorded the albums What's Going On and Let's Get It On and became one of the first artists in Motown to break away from the reins of a production company. His later recordings influenced several contemporary R&B subgenres such as Quiet Storm and Neo Soul. Sexual Healing, released in 1982 on the album Midnight Love, won him his first two Grammy Awards. Gay's last televised appearances were at the 1983 NBA All-Star Game, where he sang the Star Spangled Banner, Motown 25, Yesterday, Today, and Forever, and Soul Train. On April 1st, 1984, the eve of his 45th birthday, Gay was shot and killed by his father, Marvin Gay Sr., at their house in Hancock Park, Los Angeles, after an argument. Gay Sr. later pleaded no contest to voluntary manslaughter and received a six-year suspended sentence and five years of probation. Many institutions have posthumously bestowed Gay with awards and other awards honors, including the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award and inductions into the Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Marvin Gaye had a rough relationship with his father, who was easy to anger and just as easy to punish his son. 
broken relationships, drug problems, and inner emotional turmoil regarding the direction his music should go, socially relevant or simple entertainment, along with his relationship to his father weighed heavily on him. He had been attempting to stop a fight between his parents by intervening when his father shot him two times, once in the chest and once in the shoulder. And Marvin Gaye died there. Philip Edward Hartman, September 24th of 1948 to May 28th, 1998, was a Canadian-American actor comedian, screenwriter, and graphic designer. Hartman was born in Brantford, Ontario, Canada, and his family moved to the United States when he was 10 years old. After graduating from California State University, Northridge, with a degree in graphic arts, he designed album covers for bands including Poco and America. In 1975, he joined the comedy group The Groundlings, where he helped Paul Rubens develop his character, Pee-wee Herman. Hartman co-wrote the film Pee-wee's Big Adventure and made recurring appearances as Captain Carl on Rubens' show, Pee-wee's Playhouse. In 1986, Hartman joined the NBC sketch comedy show, Saturday Night Live, as a cast member and stayed for eight seasons until 1994. Nicknamed Glue, for his ability to hold the show together and help other cast members, he won a Primetime Emmy Award for his SNL work in 1989. In 1995, he starred as Bill McNeil in the sitcom News Radio after declining to return to SNL. He also voiced various characters on The Simpsons, notably Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz and had minor roles in the films House Guest, Sergeant Bilko, Jingle All the Way, and Small Soldiers. After two divorces, Hartman married Bryn Omdahl in 1987, with whom he had two children. Their marriage was troubled due to Bryn's drug and alcohol abuse. In 1998, while Hartman was sleeping in his bed, his wife shot and killed him and then killed herself. In the weeks following his murder, Hartman was celebrated in a wave of tributes. Dan Snyerson of Entertainment Weekly wrote that Hartman was the last person you'd expect to read about in lurid headlines in your morning paper, a decidedly regular guy, beloved by everyone he worked with. He was posthumously inducted into the Canada and Hollywood Walks of Fame in 2012 and 2014. Those who knew Phil spoke highly and lovingly of him. He was everybody's friend. His wife, Brynn, not so much. Designer Giovanni Maria Gianni Versace December 2nd, 1946 to July 15th, 1997, was an Italian fashion designer. He was a socialite and a businessman. He was the founder of Versace, an international luxury fashion house that produces accessories, fragrances, makeup, home furnishings, and clothes. 
He also designed costumes for theater and films. As a friend of Eric Clapton, Princess Diana, Naomi Campbell, Kate Moss, Madonna, Elton John, Tupac Shakur, and many other celebrities, he was one of the first designers to link fashion to the music world. He and his partner, Antonio D'Amico, were regulars on the international party scene. The place where he was born and raised, Reggio Calabria, greatly influenced his career. On July 15th of 1997, he was murdered outside his Miami Beach mansion by spree killer Andrew Cunanan. On the morning of the 15th of July, Versace took a walk on Ocean Drive to retrieve his morning magazines. Usually, Versace would have an assistant walk from his home to the nearby news cafe to get his magazines, but on this occasion, he had decided to go himself. Versace had returned and was climbing the steps of his Miami Beach mansion when a man dressed in a gray t-shirt, black shorts, a white hat, and carrying a backpack shot him in the head at point-blank range with a 40 caliber Taurus PT-100. He was pronounced dead at Jackson Memorial Hospital at 9.21 a.m. He was 50 years old at the time of his death. Versace's murder was witnessed by his former UK senior stylist, Dean Aslett, who was on vacation in South Beach, Miami, and had partied with Versace a few days prior. Versace was the latest victim of Andrew Cunanan, a spree killer who had earlier murdered four other men, including real estate developer Lee Miglin. Cunanan committed a public service suicide on a houseboat eight days later after Versace's murder. Uh, if you're wondering what a public service suicide means or a public service murder, that means no trial, no fuss, just put them in a bag and bury them. Cunanan was obsessed with, his, with the designer and often bragged about his close friendship with Versace, although this was symptomatic of Cunanan's delusions of grandeur. He often falsely claimed to have met celebrities. However, FBI agents firmly believed that Versace and Cunanan had previously met in San Francisco, although what their relationship entailed is still a mystery. Maureen Orth published a 2008 article in Vanity Fair reporting that Cunanan and Versace had met briefly at a San Francisco nightclub in 1990, according to several eyewitness claims, and that they could have interacted on further occasions because both were involved in sex for hire circles in Miami and in San Francisco. However, Versace's family has always steadfastly denied that the two ever met. Police have said that they do not know why Versace was killed. I don't know that we're ever going to know the answers, said Miami Beach Police Chief Richard Barreto. Versace's body was cremated and his ashes returned to the family's estate near Cernobio and buried in the family vault at Moltresio Cemetery near Lake Como. Versace's funeral liturgy, held at Milan Cathedral, was attended by over 2,000 people, including Carolyn Bassett Kennedy, 
Naomi Campbell, Elton John, and Diana, Princess of Wales, who was killed in a car accident nearly a month later. This next one, we have to go back a little ways to early Hollywood. Thelma Alice Todd, born July 29, 1906, and died December 16, 1935. She was an American actress and businesswoman who carried the nicknames the Ice Cream Blonde and Hot Toddy. Thelma Todd, Hot Toddy. Appearing in about 120 feature films and shorts between 1926 and 1935, she is remembered for her comedic roles opposite Zazu Pitts and in films such as The Marx Brothers Monkey Business and Horse Feathers and a number of Charlie Chase's short comedies. She co-starred with Buster Keaton and Jimmy Durante in Speak Easily. She also had roles in several Wheeler and Woolsey and Laurel and Hardy films, the last of which, The Bohemian Girl, featured her in a part that was cut short by her sudden death in 1935 at the age of 29. Todd was briefly married to Pat DiCiccio, who supposedly had ties to the mob. The relationship was volatile with DiCiccio being very abusive to Todd, resulting in her filing for divorce and changing her will to only leave him one dollar so he couldn't contest it and try to get more. On the morning of Monday, December 16, 1935, Todd was found dead wearing a mauve and silver gown, mink wrap, and expensive jewelry in her chocolate-colored 1934 Lincoln Phaeton convertible inside the garage of Jewel Carmen, a former actress and former wife of Todd's lover and business partner, Roland West. Carmen's house was approximately a block from the topmost side of Todd's restaurant. Her death was determined to have been caused by carbon monoxide poisoning. West is quoted in a contemporaneous newspaper account as having locked her out which may have caused her to seek refuge and warmth in the car. Todd had a wide circle of friends and associates in a busy social life. Police investigations revealed that she had spent the previous Saturday night, December 14th, at the Trocadero, a popular Hollywood restaurant at a party hosted by entertainer Stanley Lupino and his actress daughter, Ida. She had a brief but unpleasant exchange there with her ex-husband, Pat DiCiccio. However, her friends stated that she was in good spirits and they were aware of nothing in her life that suggested a reason for her to commit suicide. She was driven home from the party in the early hours of December 15th by her chauffeur, Ernest Peters. LAPD detectives concluded that Todd's death was accidental the result of her either warming up the car to drive it or using the heater to keep herself warm. A coroner's inquest into the death was held on December 18th of 1935. Autopsy Surgeon A.P. Wagner testified that there were no marks of violence anywhere upon or within the body, with only a superficial contusion to the lower lip. There are other accounts of greater signs of injury. 
The jury ruled that the death appeared accidental, but recommended further investigation to be made into the case by proper authorities. A grand jury probe was subsequently held to determine whether Todd was murdered. After four weeks of testimony, the inquiry concluded with no evidence of foul play. The case was closed by the Homicide Bureau, which declared the death accidental with possible suicide tendencies. However, investigators found no motive for suicide and Todd left no suicide note. Her memorial service was held at Pierce Brothers Mortuary at 720 West Washington Boulevard in Los Angeles. The body was cremated. After her mother's death in 1969, Todd's remains were placed in her mother's casket and buried in Bellevue Cemetery in her hometown of Lawrence, Massachusetts. Now the saddest of all, Sharon Marie Tate Polanski, born January 24th of 1943, died August 9th of 1969. She was an American actress and model. During the 1960s, she had small television roles, such as she was on the Beverly Hillbillies as one of the secretarial pool. She appeared in films and was regularly featured in fashion magazines as a model and cover girl. After receiving positive reviews for her comedic and dramatic acting performances, Tate was hailed as one of Hollywood's most promising newcomers. She made her film debut in 1961 as an extra in Barabbas with Anthony Quinn. She next appeared in the horror film Eye of the Devil in 1966. Her most remembered performance was as Jennifer North in the 1967 cult classic Valley of the Dolls, which earned her a Golden Globe Award nomination. That year, she also performed in the film The Fearless Vampire Killers. If you haven't seen it, you ought to find it and watch it. It's funny. Directed by her future husband, Roman Polanski, Tate's last completed film, 12 Plus One, was released posthumously in 1969. On August 9th, 1969, Tate, her unborn child, she was eight and a half months pregnant, and four others were murdered by members of the Manson family, a cult in the home she shared with Polanski. That's the, that's the whole of our show. Again, why do people kill people? It's it's one thing, I guess, to have a gripe against them. It's one thing to be afraid of them. It's one thing to want to instill fear in them. But I can't understand just walking up and shooting someone. The evil that men do. Well, that's our show for this week, and we hope you'll be back next time for more Terry's Mysterious Moments. Y'all have a good week.